0: Shalom, brothers and sisters. I'm Brother Sid. I have Brother Joshua assisting me today. We have a detailed lesson prepared for our brothers and sisters internationally. Today's lesson is going to be called Healing a Nation, Brothers and Sisters. Healing a Nation. Our people need healing. The children of Israel we're speaking of. Uh, many of our lessons are for gen- Jews and Gentiles alike and Everyone will be able to utilize what we're learning here today, but predominantly Israel, because there is a epidemic going on within our communities um, where we're falling apart, brothers and sisters. As the earth gets older, it appears that we get worse and we're going to go to some scriptures that are going to highlight or magnify that the children of Israel need healing. They've been stomped on. They've been disenfranchised. They've been destroyed psychologically, physically, financially. Um, And we're going to utilize the Bible to try to utilize some of the spiritual tenets of healing in regards to the natives, the Negroes, the Hispanics, uh, some of the Puerto Ricans. Um, We also have the Costa Ricans. We also have the people of the South China and South Pacific Sea, the Cambodians and Vietnamese, the Negroes. The Haitians and Jamaicans these people are the poor these people are suffering all throughout the earth brothers and sisters And we're going to utilize the Bible to see what it is that our people can do Through themselves because you can only change yourself. You can't change the world until you change yourself So the Bible is going to give us the information that we need in order to heal ourselves brothers and sisters We're going to go to Isaiah chapter 1 we're going to read verse 3 Through seven brothers and sisters. Please follow us. Isaiah
1: 1 verse 3. The ox knoweth his owner. And the ass his master's crib. But Israel does not know. My people does not consider.
0: Now that's critical. That's vital. Israel do not know its owner. My people do not even consider. So who is he speaking of? He's speaking of the children of Israel. Now of course other nations can use the information they're learning. But this, this text was written to a specific people for, partic- for specific problems that are going on in our community. It says, everyone knows who their owner is. Everyone knows who their God is. But my people, the children of Israel, don't even consider what's going on in their communities. Could you read that one more time, Brother Joshua?
1: Isaiah 1, verse 3. The ox knoweth his owner, and the ass his master's crib. But Israel does not know, my people does not consider, a sinful nation, a people laden with iniquity, a seed of evildoers. Now look at this closely. It says, what does verse 4 say brother? Verse 4, a sinful nation, a people laden with iniquity, a seed of
0: evildoers, children that are corruptors. Now that's key. Because according to this text here, our iniquitous behavior has become generational. How do we know? It says a seed of evildoers, children that are corruptors. So the seed have now become evildoers. The children now are corrupt. So it's telling you this has been generational, brothers and sisters. It came from our forefathers. And now it's the children. It's the youth, brothers and sisters. Look at this closely. They have forsaken the Lord. They have
1: what? They have forsaken the Lord. We're
0: reading transmitted depravity, brothers and sisters.
1: They have provoked the Holy One of Israel on anger. They are gone away backward. We're done. We've done what?
0: They are gone away backwards. We have gone backwards, brothers and sisters. A sinful nation. People laden with iniquity. Evildoers. Children that are now being corrupted. See brothers and sisters? This is why it's imperative to know who the people are that are in the book. It's imperative to know who is this nation he's referring to? Because if this this nation doesn't know this record is for them, how can they ever be healed? Exactly the point. That's why you don't know who these people are because the earth and Satan do not want these people to be healed, brothers and sisters. What's verse five say, brother Joshua? Verse five. Why should ye be stricken
1: anymore? Ye will revolt more and more. The whole head is sick. The what? The whole head is sick. The healing of a nation, brothers and sisters.
0: And the heart and the whole heart faint. Now this is key. He's saying why should you be stricken? Why should you be beaten? Why should you be diseased anymore? <clears throat> Our people revolt more and more. That's the key. Our people are very stubborn. So when the Most High chastises us, what do we do? We get worse. We get angry with God and then we get worse. Brothers and sisters, read verse five one more time, brother. Verse five.
1: Why should ye be stricken anymore? Ye will revolt more and more. The whole head is sick and the whole heart faint. From the sole of the foot. Even under the head, there is no soundness in it. Now look at that.
0: Israel is sick, diseased from top to bottom, from head to the sole of the foot. But wounds and bruises
1: and petrifying sores, they have not been closed, neither
0: bound up. Neither mollified with ointment. It says neither mollified with ointment. What does that mean? That means not healed. When you put ointment on something, you begin to get a scab, brothers and sisters. That's that's indication of healing. He's saying, listen, the, there's wounds, there's bruisings, there's putrefying sores that have not been closed. They're not healing. We're, we're not healing, brothers and sisters. What's verse 7 say, brother Joshua?
1: Isaiah 1, verse 7. Your country is desolate. Your cities are burned with fire. Your land, strangers devour it in your presence. Your land what? Strangers devour it in your presence. Look at that,
0: that's key. He's saying look at your land, Israel. Look at the land of Israel. Strangers are devouring it within your view. Within you're looking right at people living in your living in your land and destroying it, disrespecting it. Look at that, brothers and sisters. And then it it's
1: desolate. As overthrown by strangers,
0: overthrown by strangers, further proof that the people living in Israel are not Israelites, brothers and sisters, according to this text right here. That is Gentiles. Those are Edomites. Those are white people living within our land, disrespecting, disregarding the laws of our forefathers, the law of our God, brothers and sisters. See, we're sick. Look up. He's saying you don't even have a land. You're living in someone else's land. You're living in America. Most of us are living in America. You're living in Costa Rica. You're living in Puerto Rico. Those were not your original land. Your land was the promised land. And the whole earth is fighting over it. Why? Because the Bible tells you that whoever whoever ruled that land ruled the earth. And our people are not even consi- considering it. We're not even concerned with the promised land. Why? You got Muslims and Arabs over there. You got white Europeans over there fighting over the promised land, a land that belonged to neither of them, brothers and sisters. So we utilize the Bible to put together this lesson to help our people heal. Why? Because the Most High describes Israel as totally cancerous with sin, totally cancerous with sin, brothers and sisters. And it has resulted in strangers devouring and desecrating our land, our holy land. Brothers and sisters, let's magnify that point. Let's go to Isaiah 5 and 13, brothers and sisters. We're going to stick in the same book, just a few chapters over. We're going to read Isaiah uh, 5 and 13 and verse 14. Isaiah 5 verse
1: 13. Therefore, my people are gone into captivity because they have no knowledge. Because what? Because they have no knowledge. And their honorable men are
0: famished, and their multitude dried up with thirst. Now look at this, because this is an indictment on the men of Israel. It says, my people are gone into captivity. Why? Because they lack knowledge. The honorable men are famished. When it says famished, it's not speaking of food here. It's speaking of spiritual food here. It's speaking of knowledge. It's speaking of wisdom. Our men have no wisdom. Read uh, 13 one more time, please, brother.
1: Isaiah 5, verse 13. Therefore, my people are gone into captivity
0: because they have no knowledge. That's key, captivity. Captivity is the consequence of the leaders having failed to perform their duty. And their
1: honorable men are famished and their multitude dried up with thirst. Look at this, brothers and sisters. This is an indictment. Continue, brother. Therefore, hell hath enlarged herself and open her mouth without measure, and their glory, and their multitude, and their pomp. And he that rejoiceth shall descend into
0: it. Look at this, brothers and sisters. It says, because our men have no knowledge, hell has enlarged itself. Our people are going to hell in high numbers, brothers and sisters. Hell has enlarged itself because we lack knowledge. And the result of that lack of knowledge is captivity not only physical captivity but spiritual bondage he that committed sin is a servant to sin the New Testament tells us, brothers and sisters so when iniquity reaches a certain point in order to save us he had to scatter us that's why it says we went into captivity brothers and sisters so this is an indictment on Hispanic black and native men see we gone into captivity because there's no knowledge who's responsible for delivering that knowledge. Men, anyone who reads the Bible understands that women are not allowed to teach men the Bible. Now in school, teach arithmetic and history. All that's fine. But when it comes to the Bible, the Bible is supposed to be taught. The work is supposed to be done by the men. So go look into Paul's writings again, where it tell you a woman is not allowed to teach. See? So, since a woman is not allowed to teach, that's the indictment on men because men are supposed to be teaching the women and the children. All the disciples were men. All the prophets in the Bible that we read of today, that's been chronologized, were men. So, because the black men, because the Hispanic men, because the native men are famished, they have no knowledge, they have no wisdom. It has affected our entire nation. We got proof here. We got some statistics here. We. We pulled up some statistics from the FBI website, brothers and sisters. We have statistics on all criminal behavior, the crimes that are being committed by men and women. We're going to have Brother Joshua read off some of these statistics that show or magnify the point that Isaiah 5 is saying, which is it's an indictment on the men. What's that say, brother? What's that first charge there? Murder and negligence, manslaughter. So, the the charge is murder and negligent manslaughter. Eighty-nine percent, male. So, eighty-nine percent of all murder and negligent manslaughter, homicides, is perpetrated by... What's the percent? Eighty-nine percent. Eighty-nine percent, males, brothers and sisters. Eighty-nine percent of... All of the crimes of murder within America are perpetrated by men. What's the next one, brother? Forcible rape, 99.1%. 99.1% of all forcible rapes are being perpetrated by men. Robbery, 87%. 87% of all robberies are perpetrated by men. Burglary, 83.6%. 83.6% of all burglaries, breaking and enterings, are perpetrated by men. Motor vehicle theft, 81%. Motor vehicle theft, stealing cars. 81% of every car that is stolen is stolen by a man. Weapons carrying, possessing. 91.7%. So weapons charges, carrying guns on them, this is 91.7% of all weapons charges are what? Are being perpetrated by men. Sex offenses, except foreseeable rape and prostitution. Yeah, sex offenses, except forcible rape and prostitution. Now, of course, we know most prostitution, you know, that's the one (laughs) number on here that's... It's mostly feminine, brothers and sisters. But it tells you what percent, brother? 92.2%. 92% of all sexual offenses in the United States are perpetrated by men.
1: Offenses against the family
0: and children... Seventy three point four percent offenses, which is what brothers and sisters beating up your beating up your wife, abusing your children, beating up, punching your children in the face. All of this is going on, brothers and sisters, and that's seventy three point four percent of all offenses against family are what are perpetrated against or excuse me, perpetrated by men, brothers and sisters. Now, of course, these statistics are not just Israelites, but what we're showing you here is what? We're showing you that n- there's a problem with men in the earth. There's a problem with men. The earth is out, of course, because of the men. So that's why we said other nations, other races of people could utilize this information also, but predominantly our people, predominantly the children of Israel. Because according to this um, these statistics from the FBI.gov website, majority of all crime being perpetrated is coming through the hand of a man brothers and sisters this is very important because Isaiah 5 said what our people have no knowledge and it's because the men are famished everything else is more important than knowledge everything else is more important to a man especially our men than doing what submitting to the most high we're worried about uh you know, basketball and sports and big rims and rap music. We're not worried about killing our nation. We're not worried about following the most high. Things have changed, brothers and sisters. Things have changed in our community for the worse. Why? Because we have no knowledge, brothers and sisters. Let's go to Proverbs. Brother Joshua, we're going back into the Bible. We just needed to give evidence because I know sometimes men say, well, why are you always beating on us? Well, no, nah, we're not beating on you. The statistics are the statistics. That's what it is. Because why men are the leaders? We're going to go to Proverbs chapter eight. We're going to read verse four. Proverbs eight, verse
1: four. Under you, O men. Unto who? Under you, O men, I call and my voice is to the sons of man. And what, brother? And
0: my voice is to the sons of man. The call to spiritual duty is addressed to all men, brothers and sisters. Proverbs is telling us this. Solomon here, he's telling us what? What is he saying? Verse 4. Honour you, O men, I call. And my voice is to the sons of man. That's key. Unto the men I call. My voice is to the son of man. Why? Because men have the potential to exalt an entire nation. Brothers and sisters. So the best way to help a nation is to focus on the males. According to the Bible. Brothers and sisters. And according to the FBI's uh, statistics of criminal activity. Read that one more time, please, brother. Proverbs 8,
1: verse 4. Unto you, O men, I call. And my
0: voice is to the sons of man. So the target audience is men, brothers and sisters, at this time. First, we're going to deal with our men. Why? Because Proverbs 8 says, my call, my voice is to men, to the males. The males are the issue with the earth, especially within our communities, brothers and sisters. It's the males. It's the male influence or lack thereof that has us in shambles, brothers and sisters. To magnify that point, we're going to go to Ezekiel. We're going to stay in the Old Testament here, brothers and sisters. Please follow us. Let me see here. We're going to Ezekiel 14, verse 3 and 5. Ezekiel 14, verse
1: 3. Son of man, these men have set up their idols in their heart. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 3. Son of man.
0: These men have set up their idols in their heart. Now that's key. These men have set up their idols where? In their heart. So the Most High knows that the real idols are in the mind and heart.
1: Verse 3, Son of Man, these men have set up their idols in their heart. These women, these men, these children, these men have set up their idols in their heart and put the stumbling block of their iniquity before their face, should I be inquired of at all by
0: them? Now this is key, because an idol is anything that a person devotes himself to for ultimate satisfaction, brothers and sisters. See, these men have set up idols in their heart. What's verse 4 say, brother Joshua?
1: Verse 4, therefore speak unto them, and say unto them, Thus said the Lord God, Every man of the house of Israel that setteth up his idols in his heart, and putteth the stumbling blocks of his iniquity before his face, and cometh to the prophet, I the Lord will, will answer him that cometh according to the multitude of his
0: idols. Now, this is key, because idolatry is found in a heart that desires something more than pleasing the Most High. We're talking to men here. What's verse 5 say, Brother Joshua? Verse 5, that I may
1: take the house of Israel in their own heart, because they are all estrangers
0: from me through their idols. Look at this closely, brothers and sisters. He's speaking to the house of Israel. He said we're all estranged from him. That means separate from him through our idols. So anything we place before our obedience to the creator is idolatry. Now, remember, we know Exodus 20, the Ten Commandments. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. Place nothing above the Most High. That's in the commandments, the Ten, brothers and sisters. So what he's showing us here is idolatry is specifically prohibited, especially in the First and Second Commandments, brothers and sisters. Men are worried about what? We're We're worried about cars. We're worried about foreign women. Yeah, I got a foreign, you know. We're worried about Michael Jordan shoes. We're worried about looking good and and, and, and having on, uh, what are they, swag and drip and all this stuff. This is what we're worried about. We're not worried about the Most High. We're not worried about righteousness. We're not worried about elevating our nation. There's, there's something going on within our communities, brothers and sisters. And it starts with the men. If you want to understand what's going on with our people, the only thing you have to do, a good measurement, is just listen to the music. Listen to the music that we're making, brothers and sisters. Why? Because that's the pulse of the youth. The hip-hop music is the pulse of the youth, brothers and sisters. Just listen to it. Just look at some uh, some of those videos, brothers and sisters. Look at some of those videos and you can see what's going on morally with our people, brothers and sisters. Today's lesson is the healing of a nation. We're going to utilize the Bible. We're going to pull out the scriptures that we ought to utilize in order to what? In order to heal ourselves, to heal our nation. Because the other nations, if you're waiting on them to do something, you're going to die before they help you. They love it that you're destroying yourselves. They love it. We're going to let's go to Isaiah forty six to magnify that point. We're in the Old Testament here. We're going to Isaiah chapter 46, verse 3 through 8, Brother
1: Joshua. Isaiah 46, verse 3. Hearken unto me, O house of Jacob, house of Israel, and all the remnant of the house of Israel, which are born by me from the belly, which are
0: carried From the womb. Now he's telling you, he's speaking directly to the children of Israel. That's why it's important to know who the children of Israel are, brothers and sisters. Verse 4, and even to your old age
1: I am he, and even to whore hairs will I carry you.
0: He's saying until listen, I don't care how old you get, you belong to me. I have made and I will bear, even I
1: will carry. And I will deliver you. Look at this. He's saying, I will carry you. I will deliver you. To whom will ye liken me? And make me equal? And compare me? That we may be
0: like. Now look at this. He's saying, you're dealing with idolatry. Who can you compare to me? I carry you. I protect you. I deliver you. No one else. Nothing else. Verse 6 they lavish
1: gold out of the bag and weigh silver in the balance and hire a
0: goldsmith and he maketh it a god. He does what? And he maketh it a god. Now, brothers and sisters, you know this is referring to us. Who love jewelry more than us? Who love Rolex watches and and, and diamond rings and, and gold teeth? We make these things our gods, brothers and sisters.
1: Verse six, they lavish gold out of the bag and weigh silver in the balance. And hire a goldsmith. And he maketh it a god. They fall down. Yeah they worship. We worship this stuff brothers and sisters. Verse 7. They bear him upon the shoulder. They carry him. And set him in his place. And he standeth. From his place shall he not remove. Yeah. One shall cry on a hymn. Yet can he not answer,
0: nor save him out of his trouble. So he said, no matter what your idols are, cannot save you. Whether it's your car, it's your rims, it's your husband, it's your wife, it's your children. Whatever it is that you're putting above the most high, and your happiness is placed in that above the most high. Guess what? They cannot save you from your trouble. Because why? When you're in trouble, you call on him. You call on him, but it's hard for you to submit. You can't call on mama. You can't call on daddy. You can't call on your car. You can't call on your your $5,000 watch. This is what he's telling men. Read verse 8, please, brother. Verse 8.
1: Remember this and show yourselves men. Do what? And show
0: yourselves men. Bring it again to mind. Now, brothers and sisters, according to these scriptures we just read, he's telling us, look... Idols, they have no life. They have to be carried from room to room. (laughs) They have to be carried from room to room. And this is the evidence that we have a skewed perception. Read verse 8, brother. Verse 8. Remember this and show yourselves men. See, that's the evidence right there. That we have a skewed perception of what? Of masculinity. Brothers and sisters, if you put anything before your obedience to God, you're not a man. According to this text. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 8. Remember this and show
1: yourselves men. Bring it again to mind, O ye transgressors. See?
0: (laughs) Show yourselves men. The scriptures preceding that said, listen, you keep me first. Above everything else. That's what being a man is according to the Bible. So if you're doing something other than that, you're not a man according to biblical literature. There's a difference between a male and a man. Brothers and sisters, you can be male without being a man. The Bible is telling you listen, show yourself men. What do the men of Israel do? They keep God first above everything: above money, above women, above cars, above clothes, above jobs. That's what a man is. Men of God, real men, don't compromise themselves for anything or anyone, brothers and sisters. We've compromised ourselves and slept with many. Spiritually and physically, brothers and sisters. So we needed our men to see this. We needed our men to see that what, according to the Bible, masculinity is tied to submission to God, not submission to anything or anyone else. Keeping God first is the evidence of your masculinity, brothers and sisters. And sisters should know that also. Sisters should know what a man looks like. A man that can be trusted. A man that you can build a legacy with. It's not being tough. It's not having a a bunch of tattoos. It's not carrying a gun. (laughs) It's not sleeping with a bunch of women. That's not masculinity. According to the Bible. Brother Joshua, let's go to Proverbs 23 and 7, brother. Let's stick in the Old Testament. We have a myriad of Old Testament scriptures today, brothers and sisters. Proverbs 23,
1: verse 7, for as he thinketh in his heart, so is he.
0: See, that's why we went there, because we needed to change the perception. We we needed to change the mentality of our men. Why? Because a man is as his thoughts are. Could you read that again, brother? Proverbs 23, verse 7, for
1: as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Eat and drink, said he to thee. But his heart is not with thee. Look at this, brothers and
0: sisters. A man is as he thinks in his heart. So what we're trying to do is use the Bible to change our men's mentality. Brothers and sisters, according to this text, we're to judge a man by the constant temper of his mind. Not how much money he have or how nice he dressed or how, you know, how strong he is. Because in our community, we believe these are the things that make you a man fighting, cussing, drinking and smoking. And guess what happens our youth, our young men, they grow up seeing their fathers do this, their c- cousins and uncles do this. And they look on TV and they believe, OK, well, when I'm a man, I smoke cigarettes or I go to the gym or I, you know, I, I have many girlfriends. That's what being a man is. See, that's the problem, brothers and sisters, according to. To the Bible, a man's inward thinking is the true index to his character. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So what are we going to do? We're going to work on the mentality of our men. Brothers and sisters. Brothers and sisters, follow us to Isaiah chapter 3. We're going to read 1 through 7. Isaiah 3 verse 1.
1: For behold, the Lord, the Lord of hosts, that take away from Jerusalem and from Judah the stay and the
0: staff, the whole stay of bread and the whole stay of water. So he's saying, Listen, I'm going to take away from the people of Jerusalem the stay and the staff, which is the authority. The mighty man and the mighty man of
1: war, the judge and the prophet and the prudent and the ancient. The captain of fifty, and the honorable man, and the counselor, and the cunning artificer, artificer,
0: and the eloquent orator. Now look at this, brothers and sisters. The Most High's judgment was to deprive us of godly, competent leaders. This is all leadership here. He's saying the captains, the honorable men, uh, the artificers, and, and the the, the orators. All of this, the, all of this. Is no longer in our community. All of these leaders, this is referring to the men, brothers and sisters. We have no leadership amongst our nation. Our men are not leaders. They're not real men anymore, according to the Bible. Why? Because they've been brainwashed, they've been programmed, they've been taught what masculinity is, according to Satan, according to the world. It's time for us to wake up. Now that we have our identity, it's time. It's time to get back in order, brothers and sisters, especially our men. Because if our men get in order, the rest of the nation will follow, brothers and sisters. Read verse four, please, brother. Verse four. And I will give children to be their princes. Look at this. I'm going to I'm gonna set up children to be in authority. And babes shall rule over them. Look at that. Who's running loose in our communities? Who's dictating What's going on in our communities? Who's dictating what's cool in our communities? Children, kids, those with with no maturity. Brothers and sisters.
1: Verse five, and the people shall be oppressed, every one by another, and every one by his neighbor. The child shall behave himself proudly against the ancient, and the base against the honorable. Look at this.
0: Based on us having a lack of leadership, what's going on? The whole nation is out of order. It says the youth will behave against the the elderly, the ancient, the wise. You'll have the base, which is the bottom of our people, going against the top, which is the leadership. Why? Because we lack knowledge, brothers and sisters. Read verse five one more time, please, brother.
1: Verse five. And the people shall be oppressed every one by another, and every one by his neighbor. The child shall behave himself proudly against the ancient, and the base against the honorable. When a man shall take hold of his brother, of the house of his father, saying, Thou hast clothing, be thou our ruler,
0: let this ruin be under thy hand. Now look at this, brothers and sisters. Look at this. It's saying if a man... Take a, his brother and say, listen, you, you have clothing, you have everything I need, you have knowledge, I need you to be the leadership. Read verse 7, brother. Isaiah 3, verse 7.
1: In that day shall he swear, saying, I will not be a healer. I will what? I will not be a healer, for in my house is neither bread nor clothing. Make me not a ruler of the people.
0: Make me what? Make me not a ruler of the people. The men refuse to accept responsibility or accountability. That's what this is showing. None of our men want to take accountability. Nobody wants to be a role model. Nobody wants to work. It's all about games right now, brothers and sisters. See? So our nation is desperate for leadership. See? Our people are desperate for leadership, brothers and sisters. Jump to verse 12, Brother Joshua. What's that say? Verse 12.
1: As for my people, children are their oppressors. What did that say, Brother? As for my people, children are their oppressors, and women rule over them.
0: Look at this, brothers and sisters. The consequences are a destitute and defeated nation. When men abdicate their roles in society, the women and children take up the slack. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 12.
1: As for my people, children are their oppressors, and women rule over them. O my people, they which lead thee cause thee to err,
0: and destroy the way of thy past. Now look at this. Now you have children oppressing and women ruling over us, acting outside of the bounds of their created makeup. So what we're reading here is the Most High shows that women and children tend to hasten a nation's fall. Why? Because they're inexperienced and unqualified for leadership. When the men are out of course, the nation suffers. It says the children are oppressing us because why? Those are the people running around robbing. It's the children. It's the youth. They're the ones smoking the dope. They're the ones selling the dope. And the women rule over him. Most of us don't even have our father in the house. Our women dictate everything amongst our nation. Something is going on amongst our nation where men are not being men. The women are running over them and dictating everything that goes on. It wasn't, it wasn't that way in the past when we were honorable, when we were noble, when we were righteous and strong. The men were the men. The women were the women, and the children were the children. There's a, there's a role for everyone to play, but the man doesn't know his role. It's obvious. When men are not in their rightful mindset, what happens? Read verse 12, brother, please. Verse 12, as for my people, children
1: are their oppressors, and women rule over them. O my people,
0: they which lead thee cause thee to err. And destroy the way of thy path. And destroy the way of thy path. See, this is what happens. When women are in leadership roles, they cause us to error. They destroy the way of thy path. Why? Because they were not created to be leadership. See, that's not why they were cr- created. And ask a sister. Ask a sister. Naturally, they don't want to be, excuse me. Naturally, they don't want to lead. They want to be led. That's natural to them. Now, I know some brothers saying, well, listen, the women won't submit. Yeah, I understand. I understand. But if you step up, they they they're forced to step down. Because what tends to happen is a sister is looking for growth and looking for leadership. And when you don't do it, she takes over. So when our men step up, sisters, you have to step down. Because we don't um, we don't want to hear where there's no good men out there or men don't want to be leaders, but you're standing in a spot. Why? Because when a woman's doing a man's job, something is going undone. So first, we have to get our masculinity back. We have to get our masculinity back, brothers, according to the Bible and sisters have to allow us to do that in order to heal our nation children are their oppressors. Women rule over them. Let's go to Ecclesiastes 10 and 16, brother. We understand the Old Testament here. Ecclesiastes 10 and 16. Ecclesiastes 10 verse
1: 16. Woe to thee, O land, when thy king is a child. When what? When thy king is a child. And thy princes eat in the morning
0: when thy king is a child. It said children are their oppressors. So, brothers and sisters, what is this telling us? A nation will rise or fall with its leaders, with its leadership. Why? Because the morals of a nation hardly ever rise higher than the virtue of the leadership. Read that one more time, please, brother. Ecclesiastes 10 verse 16.
1: Woe to thee, O land. When thy king is a child, it says,
0: whoa, look at that (laughs) shame, destruction, pain to the land. When the king is a child, immature.
1: Woe to thee, O land, when thy king is a child
0: and thy princes eat in the morning. So our nation's first need is a mature leader, mature leadership. That must be our men. Brothers and sisters. What's the last part? Say, brother. Verse 17. No, verse. Yeah.
1: Verse 16. Verse 16. And thy princes eat in the morning. And
0: thy princes eat in the morning. Brothers and sisters. Eating here implies beginning the day with sensual enjoyment instead of such honest work. (laughs) See? So our leaders are people who, when they get up in the morning, they're just looking to fulfill their flesh. They're looking to have fun. They're looking to fulfill their desires. That's who our leadership is. In the Bible, hard work went on in the morning, in the day. You started off with the hard work. That's not what's going on amongst our people. The first thing we do when we get up, especially our men, is looking for lust to fulfill our lust. Woe to thee when thy king is a child. Immature. Immature. Only thing they want to do is play games, get high, get drunk. No real work. Do not want to uplift our community. This is critical. Because the only way to heal our nation is to first change the mentality of the men. So we're dealing with the men. Let's go to Proverbs twenty eight and sixteen. When thy princes, <clears throat> when thy princes eat in the morning. That scripture said.
1: Proverbs 28, verse 16. The prince that wanteth understanding is also a great oppressor. Read that one more time, brother. The prince that wanteth understanding is also a great oppressor. But he that hath... Hated. He that hateth
0: covetousness shall prolong his days. Now, the key part I want you to focus on is that first part. Read that one more time, please, brother. Verse 16.
1: The prince that wanteth understanding is also a great oppressor. Now that's key.
0: Because wanting understanding is what? It's evidence that he's deficient of it. See? (laughs) A prince that wanteth understanding is also a great oppressor. So that means what? Leadership devoid of wisdom always oppress the people. brothers and sisters. And that's what we have going on here. The leadership should be those with the wisdom, brothers and sisters. See, we dictate who's leaders in our community based on who have money, as if money make you a leader. So because uh, LeBron James or Michael Jordan, they have, you know, they shoot, they play a kid's game for a King's Ransom and they're leaders because Jay-Z makes money. These are our leaders. In the Bible, it wasn't so. It wasn't a popularity concert, I mean, uh, a popularity contest on leadership, brothers and sisters. The leadership was those with the wisdom and understanding. No matter who's cool, no matter who's fresh to death, no matter who has the money or the girls, that doesn't dictate who's a leader. I would encourage you to go and uh, find on YouTube Malcolm X, he had a speech where he was referring to. the leadership in the black community and said that only in the black community are entertainers, leaders, <laughs> trumpet players and, 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 and actors and actresses and hip hop artists. These are leaders in our community. Where are the trumpet players? Where are the singers? Where are the basketball players that are leadership in the white community? <laughs> See, entertainers are not leadership in the white community or any other community other than ours. See? They set up who they want to be your leaders. We're so shallow because a brother made more money. or got all the women or all the cars. This is the leadership of who we listen to. No, the leaders are the ones with the wisdom. I don't care how much money he have. Leadership is not found in the bank account. It's found in your mind. And our nation is thirsty. We're hungry. For good leadership and it starts with the mentality of the men of the males brothers and sisters we're going to show you something here let's go to Malachi brother we're going to stick to the old testament we're going to Malachi four and six look at this closely brothers and sisters Malachi four verse six
1: and he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children he shall do what and he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children and the heart of the children to their fathers. to the mother, to their fathers. to the uncle, to their fathers. Least I come and smite the earth with a curse. Brothers and sisters, according
0: to this text, father absence hinders development. in in our communities, not just the black community, in our Hispanic communities, our native communities, we are suffering. We're suffering. Fathers are walking away from their responsibilities. And the society we see is evidence of absentee masculinity in families, brothers and sisters. The Bible is telling you that. Read that one more time, brother. Verse six and he
1: shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children, and the heart of the children to their fathers.
0: Least I come and smite. The earth with a curse. See, the lack of male presence and families is a curse with serious implications, brothers and sisters. Other nations are not going through this on the, you know, to the degree that we are, brothers and sisters. They're not. There's something going on amongst our nation. It's a curse. Read Deuteronomy 28. There's a curse going on based on our disobedience, brothers and sisters. Where men are only worried about themselves, leaving children and young boys, young girls to develop on their own. And a mother can only do so much. She's a nurturer. She's not a disciplinary. Mama can pat you on the back. Listen, men instill structure, discipline, and the men are gone, brothers and sisters. That's a curse. It says, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse to show you when the men aren't there is a curse, brothers and sisters. So I know in our community, especially in the black community, it's a lot of women raising boys, raising girls also. Trust me, these women would love to have a day off. They would love for there to be a man to carry some of the burden. Our men have to step up. Our men have to start stepping up. Why? Because our whole nation is dependent on it, brothers and sisters. We're going to show you. We're going to utilize the Bible to show you the importance of a masculine, um, a, a, a masculine role model, brothers and sisters, in our community. We're going to go to Ecclesiasticus in the Apocrypha. We're going to read, let's read chapter 4, verse 10, brothers and sisters.
1: Ecclesiasticus 4 verse 10. Be as a father unto the fatherless. Do what? Be as a father unto the fatherless. And instead of of a husband unto their mother. So shalt thou be as the son of the most high. Read that from the top brother please. Verse 10. Be as a father unto the fatherless. And instead
0: of a husband unto their mother. Now that's key. That right there is key because we need men who can serve as role models. Why? Because men establish infrastructure. It says be a father unto the fatherless instead of a husband to their mother. So look at that. That's saying, listen, you don't have to be that child's biological father. You need to be the infrastructure. You need to be the role model. You need to be the role model for your nation. Make, make it more about the children and less about sleeping with their mother. Look at that, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, please, brother.
1: Ecclesiasticus 4, verse 10. Be as a father unto the fatherless, and instead of an husband, honor their mother. So shall thou be as the son of the Most High, and he shall love thee more than thy mother does.
0: Look at that, brothers and sisters. He said if men start doing that, The Most High will love you more than your physical mother. So what we're reading here is the importance of biblical masculine influence, brothers and sisters. A lack of male mentorship has devastated our communities. Be as a father unto the fatherless and instead of a husband unto their mother. So you don't have to be in a physical, you know, relationship relationship. With, with a woman in order to influence the children in a godly fashion. This scripture is, is telling, brothers and sisters. This scripture is telling because the presence of male influence has a profound impact on society. Brothers and sisters. You don't have to have a conjugal relationship with a child's mother in order to influence righteously. See? So it always in the Bible, you go throughout the Old Testament, it talks about being a father to the fatherless. That's all throughout the scripture. Why? Because it's important to have a masculine role model. Masculinity. Because why? A woman can't teach a a young boy that. A woman is emotional. A man is not supposed to be, you know, emotional all the time. He's supposed to be able to control his emotions and make decisions based on logic. You can't learn that from a woman. A woman can only be what she knows, and that's a woman. So I always tell young brothers who probably, you know, didn't have a masculine influence to read the book of Ecclesiasticus. Read the book of Proverbs, because those are two books that will grow you into a man fast. Fast. Those two books, the Ecclesiasticus and the Apographer and Proverbs, all young men should read that, especially if there hasn't been a male role model in your life. Because the most high is your father and he will teach us how to be men. There's an epidemic of no men in the homes and it has devastated our nation. Let's go to Psalm 71 and 18, brother. We're gonna to go to the Old Testament here. Psalms, chapter seventy-one, verse eighteen. Psalms
1: seventy-one, verse eighteen. Now also, when I am an old and gray-headed, O God, forsake me not, until I have shown Thy strength, Thy strength unto this generation. Until what? Until I have shown Thy strength unto this generation. And thy power to everyone
0: that is to come. Look at this. This should be the biblical mentality of every man, brothers and sisters. Did you see what it said there? It says, listen, I'm old, I'm great right now, but don't forsake me. Don't forsake me until I can show your strength to this generation. (laughs) See? This is how a society makes progress, brothers and sisters. See what we're reading here? Mentorship. Mentorship enables a future age to act with the results from with the wisdom of the past. Brothers and sisters. That's key. Every man should take this same mentality that we're reading here. David's saying, listen, I'm old. I'm gray here, but don't allow me to die until I've been able to teach the next generation. See that, brothers and sisters? Read verse 18 one more time,
1: Psalm, brother, please. Psalm 71, verse 18. Now also, when I am old and gray-headed, O God, forsake me not until I have shown thy strength on this generation and thy power to everyone
0: that is to come. See? Every man, older man, should dis- should disseminate the wisdom that will benefit future ages, brothers and sisters. This is the mentality we have to embody, brothers. Yeah, you have less strength, you have less energy as you get older, but you have more responsibility. And that responsibility is to teach everything you know to the youth so they can be successful, so they can further our nation, so they can further our progression, our progress. Let's go to Deuteronomy. Because what you're seeing here is mentorship. Let's show you how important mentorship was to children. Let's go to Deuteronomy 32 and 45. We're going to the Torah. What's that say, Brother Joshua? Deuteronomy 32,
1: verse 45. And Moses made an end of speaking all these words to all Israel. And he said unto them. What did he say? Set your hearts unto all the words which I testify among you this day, which ye shall command your children to observe to do, and all the words of this law. Which, what? Which ye shall what, brother? Which ye shall command your children to observe
0: to do, and all the words of this law. Moses had great concern for the teaching of the youth, brothers and sisters. Why? Because today's youth is tomorrow's leaders. Read 46 one more time, brother. Verse 46,
1: And he said unto them, Set your hearts unto all the words which I testify among you this day, which he shall command your children to observe to
0: do, all the words of this law. This is the commandment, brothers and sisters. We are accountable for raising up godly generations. See? Mentorship. Brothers and sisters. And this don't have to be your own child as Ecclesiasticus said. Be a father unto the fatherless instead of a husband to his mother. What we're reading here is compulsory for a successful nation. Brothers and sisters. Let's go to Deuteronomy 11. Let's go to Deuteronomy 11 verse 18 and 19. Deuteronomy 11 verse 18.
1: Therefore shall ye lay up these these my words in your heart and in your soul. Read that one more time, brother, please. Therefore shall ye lay up these my words in your heart and in your soul. Lay up these words in
0: your soul. And bind them for a sign upon your hand. That means be able to do nothing without looking at this. If you have something written on your hand, everything you do with your hand, you see
1: That they may be as frontlets between your eyes. And ye shall teach them your children. In in what? And ye shall teach them your children. This is obligatory for a well-functioning nation. Speaking of them, when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. Look at this.
0: Without this, the nation malfunctions. He's saying, teach this to children, no matter if you're sitting down, you're walking, you're, you're lying down or when you're getting up. <laughs> look at this. Look at the look at how Moses felt about instructing children. See, we have to understand the value of the youth, brothers and sisters. Reverse verse 19 one more
1: time, brother. Verse 19. And ye shall teach them your children, speaking of them when thou sitteth in thine house, and when thou walketh by the way,
0: when thou lieth down, and when thou risest up. See, this is essential for national opulence, brothers and sisters. This is how we neutralize the secular environment that's training the youth. I want you really to see how Moses felt about the youth. We're still dealing with our men here. This is how you heal a nation, from the male to the children. It starts with the male. And that's not only, you know, for young boys. Young girls need masculine influence also. A young girl needs a masculine influence to be taught what's ladylike. This is what a man is supposed to do. This is what a man of God looks like. So it's not just for young boys. This is for girls also. Young girls need a good masculine role model or rather influence. Let's, uh, let's go to Deuteronomy 6 and 6. We got a lot of Moses here today. Deuteronomy 6 and 6. Deuteronomy
1: 6 verse 6. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. And thou shalt... And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. And shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house. And when thou walkest by the way. And when thou liest down. And when thou risest up. Brothers and
0: sisters, are you seeing this? The development of the youth is of high importance. According to Moses. This is how we counterbalance the secular education taught by society, brothers and sisters. Are you seeing this? Because why? The youth is being overlooked. The youth is being overlooked. That's purpose. Satan have uh, have set up a system on where the men are off getting high, playing games, throwing dollars at the strip club. The youth are running the streets and they're only being taught by the enemy at school a child that's only taught at school is an uneducated child read verse 6 and 7 one more time brother please
1: Deuteronomy 6 verse 6 and these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house and when thou walkest by the way And when thou liest down, and when thou riseth
0: up, why is he saying this, brothers and sisters? Why is he magnifying this point? Because it's easier to build strong children than to excuse me than to repair broken adults. It's easier get them while they're moldable, get them while they're impressionable. Our youth should be properly introduced to the world in which they live, brothers and sisters. We're learning how to heal our nation. Starts with the men. And our men have to take, have to put their focus on the youth. The only thing we're focused on is money and women for some reason amongst the children of Israel. Two things that you should not be focused on at all. Your main focus should be submitting to the most high. The most high will bring you everything else. I know brothers who all their whole days consist of trying to find out where the girls is at. I'm like, brother, read a book. <laughs> read something, brother. Work, do something, brother. Okay? And they've done that through the media. They've made us believe that we're supposed to be these players. You ever notice that? How the players are always us on TV. See? That's that propaganda. Brothers and sisters, that's that brainwashing to make us believe that's where our value is at. (laughs) Our value is what in our wisdom and our responsibility is to who the youth. To pass on that wisdom to the next generation. Why? Because they will be the leaders of the new age. Let's show you something here. Let's go to 2 Maccabees, brother. Because if you don't take interest in the youth, Satan will. We're going to prove that. Let's go to 2 Maccabees, chapter 4. We're going to read 7 through 9. Now, this is during the time of Seleucus and Antiochus Epiphanes, brothers and sisters. Look at this. This is the Greek empire. 2 Maccabees
1: 4, verse 7. But after the death of Seleucus... When Antiochus, Antiochus called Ep- Epiphanes, Epiphanes took the kingdom. Jason, the brother of Oneus, labored under hand to be high priest. This is during the Greek Empire, promising unto the king by intercession, 303 score talents of silver, and of another revenue, 80 talents continue beside this, he promised to assign an 150 more if he might have license to set him
0: up a place for exercise. Now, here it is, brothers and sisters. This is the Greeks. They wanted to set up a gym. They wanted to set up. They wanted to uh, have licenses to set up gyms because you have to understand the sports that came from the Greeks. Brothers and sisters, Israelites did not compete in sports. We didn't work out and all that type of stuff. Why? Because we were physically gifted. I don't need to work out. I'm already strong. I don't need you to teach me martial arts. We already know how to fight. But they had something that they were trying to cultivate amongst our youth. Read that one more time, brother, please. Verse 9. Beside this, he
1: promised to assign 150 more. If he might have license to set him up a place for exercise. And for the training up of youth in the fashions of the heathen. And for what, brother? And for the training up
0: of youth in the fashions of the heathen. Look at that. In training up the youth in the fashions of the heathen. So if you don't educate the youth, Satan will. Satan has always had a high level of attentiveness for the youth, brothers and sisters. So they wanted to set up gyms. They wanted to start training up the youth in fashions of the heathen. So they wanted to start teaching them. You know, uh, against our God, and the the main thing they wanted to do is sports. Listen, don't use your mind, brother. Throw this football, <laughs> okay? Make me more money. Yeah, LeBron James make a lot of money, but the person who owns the team. <laughs> See, they'll teach you how to shoot a basket. They'll never teach you how to run a team. They'll never teach you how to run a league. See, this is what they do. Don't listen. Don't worry about studying. Don't worry about that. Pick up a microphone. All right. Start shuffling, and jiving, dancing. Don't worry about changing the earth. Don't, Don't worry about leadership. Okay. That's why they pay them a king's ransom to play a child's game. Brothers and sisters. They wanted to train up the youth in the fashions of the heathen. So they wanted us to dress like them. They wanted us to eat the foods they ate and celebrate the days they celebrated. What we're seeing here is our nation doesn't stand a chance if we don't take interest in the youth development. Why? Because Satan has always targeted the youth. And you can you can see it because right when you turn about what, 13, 14, 15, what does Satan use? He uses the music. At that age is when children become interested in music. (laughs) See, and remember, Satan was the angel of music, brothers and sisters. So he knows how to find his way in, and it's usually through the music in their teenage years. When you're thirty, you're forty, you're fifty, you're not keeping up with albums, and, and you know, you know, you don't know whose album came out and stuff like that. It's the youth, brothers and sisters. He's targeting the youth. So if we don't take interest in the youth, Satan will, brothers and sisters. He will. So here we're going through the tenets of how to heal our nation. And it starts with the men, number one. And then that will trickle down to the youth. If we can get the men right, the youth will follow. Why? Because they'll have no choice. They'll have no choice. Because men have to set up infrastructure. Men have to set up discipline. And you can only do that by... Leading. A leader doesn't tell people what they do. They do it first. See, that's the difference. You can't tell somebody what to do and you're not doing it. So it's going to start with our men. And that will have a trickle down effect to the children and the women, brothers and sisters. Let's show you how important. We're going to show you how important the youth is and how Satan has always looked to target them. Brothers and sisters, we're going to the book of Jasher, chapter 67. Why? Because we wanted to show you that Satan has always targeted the children. He's always targeted the youth. We just saw the Greek empire saying, listen, we want to train up the children in the fashions to follow the culture of the heathens. And here we are now in the Egyptians uh, with the Egyptians and Pharaoh. And to show you how Pharaoh focused in, he honed in and targeted the youth. Let's go to Jasher 67 and 53. Jasher 67
1: verse 53. And when the children of Israel heard this thing which Pharaoh had commanded to cast their male children into the river, some of the people separated from their wives and others adhered to them. So look at this.
0: Pharaoh had a command to cast the male children into the river. Here it is again. Here it is again. Not only is it coming after the children, but specifically the males. So we're telling you how important the male is within our nation. Read that one more time, brother.
1: Verse 53. And when the children of Israel heard this thing which Pharaoh had commanded, to cast their male children into the river, some of the people separated from their wives...
0: And others here to them. So it's saying, listen, when they understood if they had babies, they were going to be thrown into the river. Some people just separated from their wives completely because they didn't want to, you know, um, experience the pleasure that comes with sleep. Read verse 40, 54, brother, please. Verse 54. And from that
1: day forward, when the time of delivery arrived to those women of Israel who had remained with their husbands... They went to the field to bring forth there. So they went to the field to have the children there. And they brought forth in the field and left their children upon
0: the field and returned home. So what the Israelite women did was they left and went into the fields to bring forth these children devoid of a midwife. Read 55, brother, please.
1: Verse 55. And the Lord who had
0: sworn to their ancestors to multiply them. See, our people are. This is what they know about our people. Our people multiply exponentially. They know this about us, brothers and sisters. Why do you think they're pushing vaccinations? Population control, because they know we multiply at a rapid rate. We always have. Verse 55.
1: And the Lord who had sworn to their ancestors to multiply them, sent one of his ministering angels, which are in heaven to wash each child in water, to anoint and swallow it, And to put it into its hands, two smooth stones, from one of which it sucked milk, and from the other honey. And he caused its hair to grow to its knees, by which it might cover itself, to comfort it, and to
0: cleave to it, through his compassion for it. Now look at this, brothers and sisters. Here he is using nature to sustain these children. He's using stones here to feed it, honey, and to give it milk, brothers and sisters. And then he had the hair grow around the child to protect the child that it may be covered. Because why? These children were left in the field. So look at what's going on here. Read verse 56, brother, please. Verse 56.
1: And when God had compassion over them and had desired to multiply them upon the face of the land, he ordered his earth to receive them, to be preserved therein till the time of their growing up. After which the earth opened its mouth and vomited them forth. And they sprouted from the city like the herb of the earth and the grass of the forest. And they returned each to his family and to his father's house. And they remained with them. So the
0: earth opened up and it received the babies and nurtured them until they had grown up sufficiently brothers and sisters. And when that happened, the Most High allowed the earth to open back up and these children were coming out of the earth as grown men. That's what was going on here. Read that one more time, brother, please, so they can get this. Verse 56, And when God had
1: compassion over them and had desire to multiply them upon the face of the land, he ordered his earth to receive them to be preserved therein, to the time of their
0: growing he up, ordered the earth to receive them, so the earth sheltered them. They went into the earth. After which, the earth opened its mouth and
1: vomited them forth, and they sprouted forth from the city like the herb of the earth and the grass of the forest. And they returned each to his family and to his father's house, and they remained with them. So look at this; they came
0: out <laughs> as grown men. These children that were left in the fields now return to their father's house as grown men. Are you seeing this, brothers and sisters? <laughs> so the Egyptians are seeing these grown men just walk into the city. They're like, what what I mean, what is going on here? What's going on here? But it shows you how much the most high cares about the youth. That he protected these children. They're living in the earth. Continue, brother verse 57 and
1: the bays of the children of Israel were upon the earth like the herb of the field through God's grace to them and when all the Egyptians saw this thing they went forth each to his field with his yoke of oxen
0: and his plowshare plowshare so here it is once the Egyptians saw this they went to the field to find where these where these men coming from Chapter 67, verse
1: 58. And when all the Egyptians saw this thing, they went forth each to his field with his yoke of oxen and his plowshare. And they plowed it up as one plows the earth at seed time. So they went and started to dig in the earth. And when they plowed, they were unable to hurt the infants of the children of Israel. So the people increased
0: and waxed exceedingly. So look at this. They were looking... They destroy us, brothers and sisters. But the Most High put protection there for these children. Continue, brother. Verse 60. And
1: Pharaoh ordered his officers daily to go to the Goshen to to seek for the babes of the children of Israel.
0: Read that one more time, brother, because Goshen is the area in which Israelites lived in when we were in Egypt. Could you read that one more time? Verse 60. And Pharaoh ordered his officers daily to
1: go to Goshen to seek for the bays of the children of Israel see
0: so look at this he sent his officers daily to go find these these children and what happened brother
1: and when they had sought and found one they took it from its mother's bosom by force and threw it into the river and did what and threw it into the river but the female child they left with its mother thus did the
0: egyptians do to the israelites all the days see Look at that brothers and sisters. (laughs) So if by chance they did find a male child, they threw him in the river to show you Satan has always targeted the youth. Why? Because he knows today's youth will grow up to be what? Tomorrow's leaders. Moses, this was during the time of Moses. So they understood that it's the males that will be able to free the nation See, they're not worried about women. (laughs) They're not worried about the female. It's easy to go, you know, break her down. As long as I get the man, I'm good to go. See, brothers and sisters. So in this particular story, we saw a miraculous description of how God supernaturally protected the infants. And when they did find a child, they threw him in a river and drowned him to show you the what? Pharaoh. Would be the modern day president. That's a governmental plan. To exterminate newborns. So don't tell me they wouldn't do it today. And now you're seeing. Why the Africans have a problem with. With Israel. Negroes are not from Africa. They're from Israel. And Africans know we're not the same also. So we're just showing you. Listen if you don't take interest in the youth. Somebody will. (laughs) Somebody will. Satan always has been interested. He's been attentive in regards to the youth, brothers and sisters. Are you seeing this? Let's go to Joshua 8, brother. Let's show you what was transpiring on the earth during the time of Abram, or also known as Abraham, when he was a youth. We're going to Joshua, chapter 8, 8, verse 1 through 4. Joshua 8, verse 1. And it
1: was in the night that Abram was born, that all the servants of Terah.
0: That's Terah. That's so those of us who know history know Terah was who? That was Abraham's father, who was an idolater. Could you read that from the top, brother?
1: Verse 1. And it was in the night that Abram was born, that all the servants of Terah and all the wise men of Nimrod and his conjurers came and ate and drank in the house of Terah. And they rejoiced with
0: him on that night. Now look at this. We know who Nimrod was in the Tower of Babel. Nimrod. So Tira, Abraham's father, was, you know, he was a commander of Nimrod. So here it is. Nimrod's wise men, they're making, they're making merry. They're having a, a feast. They're drinking over at Tira's house or Abraham's father's house at this time. Verse 2. Verse 2. And when all the
1: wise men and conjurers went out from the house of Tira, they lifted up their eyes toward heaven that night to look at the stars. And they saw, and behold, one very large star came from the east and ran into the heavens. And he swallowed up the four stars from the four sides of the heavens. And all the wise men of the king and his conjurers were astonished at the sight. And the sages understood this matter,
0: and they knew it's important. So they saw this star. They saw some activity in the stars, and they understood that Genesis tells you the signs, the stars would be for signs. Remember, when Christ was born, what was there? There was a star. So they understood that there was something transpiring here that usually it represents a birth here of somebody that's going to free or take rulership. Now, this is on the night of Abraham's birth that all of this is transpiring in the luminaries, brothers and sisters. Read verse four,
1: brother. Verse four. And they said to each other,
0: this only betokens a child that has been born to Tira this night. So they're looking at this and saying, because remember, these are wise men. These are conjurers. These are idolaters. These are necromancers. They're saying there must have been a child born to Tira this night. Why? Because they're seeing all this activity in the stars. Read verse 4 one more time, brother. Joshua 8, verse 4.
1: And they said to each other, This only betokens a child that has been born to Tirah this night, who will grow up and be fruitful, and multiply, and possess all the earth, he and his children forever, and he and his seed will
0: slay great kings, and inherit their lands. So look at this, brothers and sisters. They understood that This child would be fruitful and possess all the earth. He would slay great kings. See, they understood this. This is why they always target the children. It's the children that's going to be the future's leaders. So let's get them as young as we can. Jump to verse 15, brother. Read 15 and 16, please.
1: Verse 15. And the king said to Tira. I have been told that a son was yesternight born to thee
0: and after this manner was observed in the heavens at his birth. See, so he's saying the wise men went and told Nimrod, told the king and said, listen, uh, um, he had a child there. And that child, according to the stars, the luminaries, the heavenly tables, that child is going to rule the earth, him and his seed. What What did Nimrod say back to him, brother? Verse 16
1: And now, therefore, give me the child. Do what? And now, therefore, give me the child, that we may slay him, before his evil springs up against us. And I will give thee for his value, thy house full of silver
0: and gold. So look at this. Nimrod is telling his father, Abraham's father, I'll give you a house full of silver and gold. Just give me that child. Why? Because they understood that this child, his seed would multiply and turn into... Who the children of Israel are today? (laughs) See, so they knew back then that the children of Israel were going to rule. Look at this, brothers and sisters. (laughs) This is how threatened they were. Abraham had a promise. The Most High promised Abraham because why? He was willing to sacrifice his son. That what? I will. You will inherit the earth. Your seed will endure forever. In Will have rulership of the entire earth. Now Nimrod is thinking, hold on now. Somebody gonna take my rulership? I'm gonna kill him right now. If it didn't matter, why would he be willing to give a whole house full of silver and gold for this one child? To show you how valuable the youth is. See? And if you don't take an interest in him, Satan will to destroy him. Jump to verse thirty five and thirty six, brother. This is during the time of Abraham's birth. Nimrod has now offered his father what? Money, jewelry, and gold to do what? To destroy his son. Joshua 8 and 35.
1: And Terah took Abraham, his son, secretly, together with his mother and nurse. And he concealed them in a cave. So he hid Abram in a cave. And he brought them their provisions monthly. But he continued to feed him and bring him what he needed every month. And the Lord was with Abram in the cave, and he grew up, and Abram was in the cave ten years. And the king and his princes, soothslayers slayers and sages thought that the king had killed Abram. So
0: when you go into the story, Tirah, what he did was, he, after Nimrod asked him to give him his child, he said, give me a few days to think about it. And then he brought another child. He brought another child and gave it to Nimrod and Nimrod killed that child. He believed it was Abraham. He believed it was Abram, but it really wasn't. So Terah, even though he was not idolatry, he didn't give up his son, Abraham. He gave up somebody else's son. <laughs> he gave up somebody else's son. But nevertheless, Abraham or Abram was the one that was prophesied to have rulership, his children. And they're fighting for that rulership today, that land. Of Israel, which is our land. Why? Because Abraham is our father. He's our forefather. And the whole earth understand that it's prophesied that for the children of Israel to rule the earth forever. Forever, brothers and sisters. So that's two stories that we use. Rather three. We showed you the Greek empire, which the Greek empire with Antiochus Epiphanes. We're looking to train up the children in the way of the heathen. And then we went into the Egyptian empire, or the Egyptian rulership rather, and how they were looking to slaughter every male child. They were looking to drown every male child. See? And now we're looking at Nimrod. Nimrod was who? Babylon, king of Babylon. So here we are. We had the Greeks, we had the Egyptians. We had the Babylonians all looking to exterminate the youth. See? So we use the Bible to learn. We're showing you how important the youth is. And our people need to understand that. Especially the men. Because the men have the greatest effect on the youth. They have the greatest effect on the youth. Brothers and sisters. Let's go to Genesis 18 and 17, brother. Let's go to Genesis chapter 18, verse 17. We're going to read 17 through 19, brothers and sisters.
1: Genesis 18, verse 17. Verse 17. And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham, Abraham that thing which I do? Seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation. And all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. Now look at this. See?
0: Abraham shall become a great and mighty nation. All the nations of the earth shall be blessed through him. Verse 19. Look at verse 19, brothers and sisters. It's the most important one. For
1: I know him, that he will command his children and his household after him, that they shall keep the way of the Lord, to do justice and judgment that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he has spoken of him. Look at that.
0: See, this particular literature illuminates the men's responsibility to train the following generation to keep the way of the Lord. Read verse 19 one more time, brother, please. Verse 19,
1: For I know him, that he will command his children and his household after him, And they shall keep the way of the Lord. He shall command the children,
0: his entire house, to keep the way of the Lord. To do justice
1: and judgment that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he has spoken
0: of him. Now look at that, brothers and sisters. We see the high value the most high places on early spiritual training. See, this is what made Abraham righteous. He directed the youth and everyone under him. To do what? To keep the way of the Lord. See, that's what men are supposed to do. That's masculinity. The Bible tells you, prove yourself a man. How do you do that? We're reading it right here, men. We're reading it right here. Let's go to Ecclesiasticus 6 and 18, brother. We're going to the Apocrypha. Let's see, what do we got going on in Ecclesiasticus? The healing of a nation.
1: Ecclesiasticus 6, verse 18. My son, gather instruction from thy youth up. What did that say? Gather instruction from thy youth up. So shalt thou find wisdom till thine old age.
0: So look at that, brothers and sisters. Adolescence is the prime time for absorbing knowledge. Adulthood is used to incorporate the instruction that you've already gathered. Could you read that again, brother? Verse 18.
1: My son, gather instruction from thy youth up. So shalt thou find wisdom till thine old age. So you gather knowledge first.
0: See? In your youth. And then wisdom is the application of what you've already accumulated. We're showing you the importance of the youth. See? This is what we need to understand in order to heal our nation. Men, first of all, have to start taking responsibility for leadership. For learning. And that will trickle down to the youth. Why? Because the men are the teachers. The men are the leaders. Let's go to Psalms 78 and 3, Brother Joshua. The healing of a nation. Psalms 78, we're going to read 3 through 6.
1: Psalms 78 verse 3 which we have heard and known and our fathers have told us our what our fathers have told us that we will not hide them from their children showing to the generations to come the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wonderful works that he had done for he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel which he commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their children. That what? That they should make them
0: known to their children. The men are the source from where the youth accumulate this knowledge, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, brother, please. From the top? Uh, verse
1: 5. Verse 5. For he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he had, which he commanded our fathers, that they should make them known to their children. That what? That they should make them known to their children, that the generations to come might know them, even the children which should be born, who should arise and declare them to their children.
0: See, (laughs) are you seeing this, brothers and sisters? We need men to understand this. We're showing you the value, the importance of the youth. The man was created to establish the environment and the atmosphere for the entire society. Are you seeing this, men? Today's men affect tomorrow's future. This is how we heal a nation, brothers and sisters. This is how we heal a nation, right here. That's why he said, we've gone into captivity because we have no knowledge and the honorable men are famished. Why? Because the men are supposed to be teaching the youth, the next generation. Let's go to Psalms 8 and 2, brother, to show you the importance. This is the importance of the youth.
1: Psalms 8, verse 2. Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings hast thou ordained strength because of thine enemies. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 2. Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings hast thou ordained strength because of thine enemies, that thou mightest
0: still the enemy. And the Avengers. Now, look at this. <laughs> out of the mouth of babes, out of the mouth of youth, he ordained strength. So, it, excuse me, it emphasizes the beneficial ministry of the youth. See, it's the youth that will be instrumental in bringing down the enemy. How do we know? Read that one more time, brother. Verse 2. <clears throat>
1: Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings hast thou ordained strength because of thine enemies. Because of who? Because of thine enemies. That thou mightest still the
0: enemy and the avenger. That thou mightest still the enemy and the avenger. So the warriors in this warfare will be the youth, brothers and sisters. The Most High always use the youth for deliverance, always. Moses. <laughs> Christ right Abraham they were called from their youth David <laughs> see he doesn't use old people he'll just have somebody born that he can that he can shape and mold from their youth see he never uses somebody who's already old in God he always creates something new Moses from his youth They were killing every male child in Egypt based on that. Abraham, they were looking to kill him from his youth. David was a youth when he slayed Goliath. See? The Most High always uses the youth. And we should not overlook this valuable resource in the master's plan. Brothers and sisters, We're using the Bible to magnify the importance of the youth in healing a nation, excuse me, in healing a nation. Let's go to Ecclesiastes 30 in three. Why? Because he said through the mouth of babes, he would speak to our people. Now, most of us are teaching our parents. Well, hold on, ma. Listen, we're the children of Israel. Well, hold up, Dad. You actually know the Sabbath is Saturday. You actually know that Christmas is pagan. You actually know that swine is wrong. It's the youth. <laughs> the prophecy is being fulfilled. In this very day, it's the youth. Why? Because the older generations, they're too hard to deal with, usually, when the high is trying to straighten something out. He used Joshua. He used Caleb. See? Because why? Usually, as you get older, the more stubborn you get. And you have to relearn the last 50 years of your life. See, the youth, they don't have that much to relearn. They haven't been living that long. But when you've been living one way and going to Christian church for 40 years, 30 years, 50 years, it's hard. So the youth are going to lead this movement. It's the youth. You can already see it. The youth are now coming to their parents and saying, well, listen, I, you know, I don't do Sunday worship. I don't eat swine. I don't eat shellfish. <laughs> and your mother and father, your grandmother looking at you like what? Yes, exactly. Why? Because if the children can do it, if the youth can do it, then guess what? So can their parents. So can their grandparents. See, we're showing you the importance of the youth here, brothers and sisters. It's not the, those with the PhDs and, you know, who've been teaching the word for 30 years. That's not who he's using. He's using those without formal education who didn't go to theologian seminary college. The people that learn amongst us in our church. I mean, these Christian pastors couldn't even sit down with you, with you all, you know, too much. You know, you, if you've been with us, you've learned more in three months than you've ever learned in a Christian church. That's for sure. It's the youth, brothers and sisters. Let's magnify that. We're going to Ecclesiasticus 30 and 3, brothers and sisters, in the Apocrypha. Ecclesiasticus
1: 30, verse 3. He that teacheth his son grieveth the
0: enemy. Read that again. He that teacheth his son grieveth the enemy. (laughs) He that teacheth his son grieveth the enemy. Look at that. (laughs) The value of youth to the plans of the Most High See, the scripture we just read previous said what? It said, out of the mouth of babes and sucklings hast thou ordained strength because of thine enemies, thou that thou mightest steal the enemy and the avenger. <laughs> see, now what does verse 3 say in Ecclesiasticus?
1: Verse 3, he that teacheth his son grieveth the enemy,
0: and before his friends he shall rejoice of see? him. see. The enemy hated when the youth is being taught righteousness. See, the youth are a wonderful resource in the kingdom of heaven. Wonderful. And we have to begin to realize the potential of the youth in order to heal our nation. Because it's the youth that's going to be at the forefront of this war. Let's go to Psalms 127 and 4, brethren. We're just showing you the value of the youth. The Most High's plan to utilize the youth against the enemy. Psalms 127, we're going to read verse 4 and
1: 5. Psalms 127, verse 4. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. Read that again, please. Verse 4. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man,
0: so are children of the youth. Now look at that. As arrows in the hand of a mighty man, so are the children of youth. So this psalmist refers to the youth as an arrow. (laughs) That means a weapon. An arrow is small, but it's powerful. you seeing this? Read that one more time, brother, please. Psalms
1: 127, verse 4. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. Happy is the man that hath this quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the
0: enemies in the gate. Now look at this. He's, he's saying that the youth are like arrows, small and powerful, but guess what? An arrow must be sharpened, brothers and sisters. <laughs> See? An arrow must be sharpened as a child must be educated. So properly trained youth it's like a warrior having many arrows for his protection and defense. How do we know? Because read verse five again, brother. Verse five. Happy is
1: the man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed,
0: but they shall speak. With the enemies in the gate. Now it says. They shall not be ashamed. But they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. Why? Because during those times. When you had somebody older. Whether it was your uncle. Your mother. Your father. Your grandfather. And they wanted to go make a deal. With another nation. Guess what? They would bring the youth with them. (laughs) So they would bring seven lions with them. (laughs) Seven Israelite young boys. With them. To let them know. Listen. You try anything. I'm going to let them go. (laughs) That's why I said they will not be ashamed. Because it was was said that if you had youth with you when you're making a business deal, you couldn't be taken advantage of. See? (laughs) Just imagine your grandmother, your grandfather calling all of her grandbabies over and saying, Listen, somebody, you know, my next door neighbor is getting rowdy and getting rough. See? The youth, brothers and sisters... Children of the youth are strong and active, therefore used as defense. Happy is the man that have a quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed and they will be able to speak with their enemies. Meaning they will have protection. If you train up the youth, the youth will be like an arrow in the hand of a mighty man because they're willing, they're they're ready to fight. See, our older generations, they're tired. They've done what they could do. They did everything they can do. It's now time for us. It's now time for the younger generation to carry that baton. We have to understand the importance of the youth, brothers and sisters. Let's go to Proverbs 20 and 29. We're running it down here, brothers and sisters.
1: Proverbs 20 verse 29.
0: Excuse me, one second here.
1: Verse 29, the glory of young men is their strength. What does that say, brother? The glory of young men is their strength, and the beauty of old men is the gray head. Look
0: at that. The youth possesses strength, but are devoid of the experience and wisdom. It says the glory of young men is what, brother? the glory of young men is
1: their strength and the beauty of old men is the gray head see so the
0: youth in order for them to be effectively deployed need the wisdom of the gray head <laughs> see how that works brothers and sisters <laughs> read that one more time brother please verse
1: 29 <clears throat> the glory of young men is in their sh- their strength
0: and the beauty of Old men is in the gray head. So the age possess the very qualifications, excuse me. The age possess the very qualifications needed for the youth to be effective and efficient. The vitality of the youth and the wisdom of age work together collectively. Brothers and sisters, are you seeing this? See? So our older men, our older generations are to do what? What? As Moses told us throughout the Torah, the book of Deuteronomy, to instill righteousness in the youth. To teach them, to guide them. Why? Because they're going to be your protection. They're going to fight this battle for you. We need the youth, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, brother, please.
1: Verse 29. The glory of young men is in their strength, and
0: the beauty of old men is in is the great head. So this is why we must have balance. Brothers and sisters. Because the elder of our people. They have the wisdom. But they no longer have the strength. Our youth has the strength. But not the wisdom. So we have to work together collectively here. This is how we heal our nation. Brothers and sisters. We're showing you the importance of the youth. We're going to go to Matthew. Go to the gospel here. Matthew 11 and 25 what's christ say here
1: matthew 11 verse 25 at that time christ answered and said i thank thee O father lord of heaven and earth because thou has hid these things from the wise and prudent because what because thou has hid these things from the wise and prudent And has revealed them on the babes. And has what? And has revealed them on the babes. Look at that.
0: He has always used the underqualified, the inexperienced brothers and sisters. See, he's not using the the theologians and PhD holders. It says he's hidden this from the wise and revealed it unto the babes, to the youth. That's what's going on here, brothers and sisters. The youth have the information and are now teaching the older generations. In order for that to continue, brothers and sisters, we must do what? We must have interest and pay attentiveness to the youth, tomorrow's leaders. And it starts with the men. It starts with the men. We have to change our mentality or masculinity because i hear a lot of our people say well no we need economic empowerment i'm like well that's good yeah that's good but that's not going to get us out of this because we're not in this case because we don't have money <laughs> we spend more money than anyone i just read an article the other day black people alone spent billions of dollars last year we spend more money than everyone else because you got to put you got to have the mercedes benz with the 45 inch rims with the 215 subs in the back <laughs> See, that's us. White man, that's what he do. He get a stock Mercedes Benz. He don't put big rims on it. He don't get iced out watches. He don't wear $150 shoes. That's us. So money is not the issue, it's the structure, it's the wisdom. And here we're learning how to do what? How to improve our nation, how to heal our nation. We have to make changes, brothers and sisters. And thank God for the Bible, because the Bible is the game plan. It's the blueprint for us to be reformed, brothers and sisters. Let's go to Ecclesiastes 4 and 13. What's that say, Brother Joshua? Ecclesiastes
1: 4 verse 13. Better is a poor and wise child than an
0: old and foolish king. Who will no more be admonished. Admonished means corrected. So read that one more time and say corrected. Instead of admonished.
1: Verse 13. Better is a poor and wise child. Than an old and foolish king.
0: Who will no more be. Corrected. So look at that brothers and sisters. Age is not a qualification. To be enlisted in spiritual warfare. Many of us care. More about the messenger. Than we do the message. He said it's better to be a poor and wise child than be an old fool. Because why? People always look and say, listen, I changed your diapers, okay? You're younger than me. You don't know nothing. Listen, I've been going to church for 45 years. (laughs) See? This is what they do. The Bible is telling you, listen, the Most High always had respect for the youth because he always utilized the youth. To change the dynamics of the earth. To change a society. He always used the you. So according to this text here. Age is not an indication of how good of a soldier you are. So we have to learn to separate the signal from the noise. That's what we have to learn. Our people care too much about the messenger. And not enough about the message. I don't care where the message comes from as long as it rings true. I don't care how old the person is or what color they are. We have to we have to get on the same page here. The youth is going to be utilized. It's the youth. It's not going to be the older generation. It's going to be our youth. Our youth is now learning about being an Israelite, learning about the Sabbath, learning about Christmas and Easter and how it's pagan. That's our youth that's doing that. Our older generations are usually stuck in their ways, so they're going to have to take a back seat. They're going to have to take a back seat and let the youth do their heavy lifting now. Uh older generations, they've done it. You know, they were there during the civil rights area. They did the marching. They did all of that. They can no longer do it. It's now time for the youth to step up. And it starts with the men. Let's go to Romans 1 and 28, Brother Joshua. We're going to the epistles. Romans chapter 1. We're going to read verse 28 through 31. Romans 1 verse
1: 28. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to reprobate mind, to do those things which are not covenant. Convenient. Convenient. Being filled with all unrighteousness. Now look
0: at this. This is a forecast of the future from the first century. Read 29 again, brother, please.
1: Romans 1, verse 29. Being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whispers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters,
0: Inventors of evil
1: things. Inventors
0: of we make up evil things. You create new ways to to perpetuate evil. Disobedient
1: to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, <clears throat> without natural affection, and placeable, unmerciful.
0: Look at this, brothers and sisters. Are you seeing this? This is the consequence of ungodly, incompetent leadership. The implications of a society devoid of biblical masculinity does not only affect the males. I really hope our people understand that. Because it doesn't just affect males. We're going to show you that it affects everyone, not just the males. Let's go to Ecclesiasticus 7 and 24 to show you that a lack of biblical masculinity doesn't just affect the males. Look at this closely, brothers and sisters. What does Ecclesiasticus 7 and 24 through 25 say, Brother Joshua?
1: Ecclesiasticus 7, verse 24. Hast thou daughters, have a care of their body,
0: and show not thyself cheerful toward them? So now here it is. It's saying, listen, if you have a daughter, you must must protect her. Because why? Why? Usually young girls mature their body matures much quicker than young men. So he's saying listen, you need to You need to cover her. You need to protect her read it again brother verse 24 As thou daughters have
1: a care of their body and show not thyself cheerful toward them That means be a father and not a friend Marry thy daughter do what marry thy daughter and so shalt thou have performed a weighty matter But give her to a man of understanding. But what? But give her to a man of understanding. But
0: what? But give her to a man of understanding. See? Men play a vital role in the house. Not only for males, but females. See, he said, give your daughter to a man of understanding. You see that? See? It's the father's responsibility to check out. If he believes somebody is right for his daughter... See? They call that old school. But guess what? They do that in the Middle East today. They do that in the Middle East in, in some places in Africa today. You don't just come, you don't just go grip up somebody's daughter, <laughs> you know, or, or because she's cute or she think you cute. No, nah, father got to sign off on that. So a lot of sisters wouldn't have the dysfunctions they had today if there was a proper male influence in the house. See? Why? Because if there was a masculine influence there he would make sure that she goes with a man of understanding a man of God see in the old days you know when our grandparents was young they would ask you well listen what's your goals are you going to school what's your GPA what church do you go to it it, it was an interrogation you like she stepped to me I mean what (laughs) this is how it was You couldn't just go, you know, we're showing you the importance of a man, even in the life of a young girl. See, and our men need to understand this. They need to know their importance because for too long in our communities, they taught us that they can do it without us. You could do it without us, but you couldn't do it good. You need the man. You need the man. Let's go to wisdom of Solomon three and eleven, brother. Let's see. We're showing you why. Wisdom of Solomon three and eleven. Wisdom of Solomon
1: three verse eleven for whoso despises wisdom and nature nurture nurture he is miserable. And their hope is vain. Now
0: this is why he said, "Marry your daughter, give your daughter to a man of understanding." Read that one more time, brother. Verse eleven: <clears throat> For whoso
1: despiseth wisdom and nurture, he is miserable, and their hope is vain. Their labors unfruitful, and their works unprofitable. Their wives are foolish. Their what? Their wives are foolish, and their children wicked. Their offspring is cursed. Wherefore, blessed is the barren that is undefiled. Now
0: look at this. He said, give your daughter to a man of understanding. Why? Because a foolish man will have a foolish wife and their children will be wicked. See, it's showing you the importance. Because if why? There's a masculine influence in a young girl's life. It won't lead to what we're seeing here. A foolish man will lead to a foolish wife, and the children will be wicked. So a man devoid of wisdom directly influences the whole nation, including the women. How do we know? Read 11 again, brother. Verse 11. For whoso despises
1: wisdom and nurture, he is miserable, and their hope is vain, their labors unfruitful, and their works unprofitable.
0: Their wives are foolish. See, the wives are foolish. It's showing you here, it even he a, even has influence on the women. And their children wicked.
1: Their offspring is cursed. Wherefore, blessed is the barren that is undefiled, which hath not known the sinful bed. She shall have
0: fruit in the visitation of souls. The visitation of souls. So we're just trying to show you the importance of biblical masculinity within our nation. We're going to go to our last scripture, and that's Isaiah 33 and 6. What does that say, brothers and sisters? Isaiah
1: 33, verse 6. And wisdom and knowledge shall be the stability of thy times and strength of salvation. The fear of the Lord is his treasure. Behold, their valiant ones shall cry without. Read 6 one more time, brother. Verse 6. And
0: wisdom and knowledge. Shall be the stability of thy time. That's the key. Wisdom and knowledge shall be what stabilizes you. Why? Because wisdom of Solomon 3. Showed us the consequences of a nation. Bereft of biblical masculinity. And its influence. So in order to stabilize us. It's going to take wisdom and knowledge. Not just to know. But how to apply what you know. So. What we did today is we utilized the Bible, brothers and sisters, in order to get some tenets on how we could make a difference within our community, how we could heal our nation that Isaiah said was sick from head to toe. Today's lesson was the healing of a nation. We want to say, "Kwam Yasharala, Kwam Yasharala,
1: Sin no more. Sin no more.